Amber, what are you drinking today? Amanda? I need to calculate this. I'm drinking water still. Okay. Whatever number day it is. I'm going to look it up so I can tell you the next time you ask me. <laughs> You're doing so good, though. You're still cruising right along on your dry out. I am. We're yeah. a third of the way. How are you feeling about it? Right now, I'm struggling a little bit. Yeah. You just gotta get I'm a third of the way through. I'm struggling a little bit. I just, the beginning, I didn't want to drink. I had no desire to drink. I mean, we were at a bar together. I didn't drink. I had a party at the house, didn't drink. And I'm just ready to, I mean, I'm, I'm almost there. Yep. Hang in there. I'm almost there. Just around I'm the corner. There. I know. I know. What are you drinking today, Amanda? Well, I, like all veterans, sometimes have good days and bad days, and today is not one of the good ones. So I'm actually drinking coffee today. Hmm. And I've I've been dragging a little bit. I felt like I needed some pep in my steps. So I'm I'm sipping on just Do you have your um MCT creamer? I had some earlier. I don't have it now because I do want to sleep tonight. Yeah, because that stuff. It works all day because I had it yesterday. Fantastic! It, it, it really is. Well, welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Ariel Myrtle. She served in the United States Army from 2005 to 2011 as an Apache mechanic. How are you doing today, Ariel? And what are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Today is bang. Bang. What flavor you got? I got the blue Raz. It's like my ultimate favorite. I, mine, I already, Amanda's ultimate favorite is the key lime pie or the lemon drop. She I do. It. I love the lemon drop. Yes. I like the uh, Georgia peach tea. I haven't had that one. It's so good. I went to go get it the other yesterday. I went to go get it. They didn't have any. And so I got, they had a lemon sweet tea. I have not tried it yet. I only got it because the can was brown. (laughs) And then I like the strawberry blast. One of the other, they have like three flavors that are the Patriot flavors or whatever. Right. It's like the star blast, the strawberry blast. And they have one other one. I don't fucking know. I'll drink flavors now. You can't even keep up. I know. No. I'll drink either this one or the like the green apple one. Yeah, sour, sour apple. I think it is the one. I hate the uh, cherry lo- lemon cherry. Oh, I don't like that one. The cherry cola one's nasty. The cherry limeade one is nasty. And I like cherry limeades from like Sonic or whatever. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of not bangs. Not bangs. So we're doing a sober, doing a sober show tonight. Cheers. Yay! We can cheers to that. Cheers yes, variety tonight. Woohoo! I appreciate good. y'all's support without even realizing you were going to be supporting me. I'm always going to support you. <laughs> I know. I know you do. I know you do. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters.
Okay, Ariel, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your story got started? I'm actually from Central Florida, um, small town. There's not a lot there. So middle of high school, I already knew I was joining the military. My act, my parents did not approve very much against it. Matter of fact, my mom took my phone away from me one time when I was talking to the recruiter through the phone. So I would not talk. Oh yeah, it was serious. And um, so one day I told my parents I was going to work, talked to my recruiter, went up to MEPS in Tampa, uh, signed up, came home and said, okay, well, I'm leaving for basic training in July. I'll see you guys later. And so that's how I joined the army. Cold-blooded. <laughs> like, try to stop me, mom. Good luck. Yeah, like, yeah, now much. you got to fight the government. I signed my name. <laughs> right yep. Uncle Sam is my dad now. So, <laughs> my new daddy. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you go army and then why the Apache mechanic? I went army. <laughs> I had talked to either the Army and the Marine recruiter. So I was looking between the two. The Marine recruiter was never at work. I never saw him. And so the Army recruiter was always at my high school. And (laughs) I was made to be a veteran. I started smoking at 16. And so he would take me away from school property so we could go smoke. (laughs) That's so fantastic. That sounds like... Actually, now that I'm out and I will not list my recruiter's name, when I got home from a school, I went home and you know how you could just, does the army do when you get home from school, you can work for your recruiter and get free leave. Your leave don't count. So I, I worked with my recruiter and he was taking me to bars and shit. I wasn't, I was not 21, but (laughs) He was taking me out and I, I know that that's not what you're supposed to do, but I've always had the, a hard time with people who are giving their lives and you can't drink. Yeah. But I could have died the next day. At least I had my first, well, yeah, at least I have my first non-legal drink (laughs) because I never underage drink. No. No, no Her, one does. No one ever does. Your first story on this podcast was not about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you wanted to be a badass anyway. You were going to do Army Marine Corps. You didn't. Right? You weren't, That's pretty you much what gonna, I was going to do. Just, Ariel's just a little badass. Right? <laughs> it's that I red hair. <laughs> so um, uh, mechanic. I yeah. chose mechanic because my options were... Um, I kind of narrowed it down to either Apache Mechanic or um, OR Tech. And uh, no, I like, no, I'm not that. I'm not, I don't, I, I mean. It's like now, two over the spectrum there. Yes. Like, right. I'm either going to fix helicopters or I'm going to cut people open. And I mean. I, I, I know our OR techs now, and now I realize that they're not so cool yeah, friendly as I, as I would think. Cause I, I always thought that like the nurses and the OR techs were very politically correct. 
Now I know the truth. Um, so I was like, that's not who I am. So let's go mess some stuff up. <laughs> and so I became a mechanic and my husband um, was also in aviation. So it worked. Perfect. We can, we can talk a little about that right now. Right. I mean, yeah. is that okay? Yeah. So your husband, not nice. only are you a veteran, but you are also a military spouse. Don't say it. <laughs> are you he's, a, he's a dependent. She is a dependent. <laughs> How I live my life. <laughs> so I'm assuming were y'all stationed together when you got married or met each other or so I actually met him before the army. <laughs> I met him at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> We were friends in high school, um, never dated, never anything. And then he left for the army, came back on leave, and we did the most army thing that we could do. We dated for three days, got eloped, or we married for three days, decided to get married. Four days later, we eloped. So within a week. <laughs> can we can we cheer to Yes, we can because I totally did that. Standard too. army elopement, or I guess the standard military elopement. That's a standard <laughs> military elopement. So, so we, do you think that he would have married you had you ended up joining the Marine Corps instead of the Army? I never thought about that. But I mean, I don't know. I should ask him. <laughs> you should. I should. We've been married for 16, almost 16 years now. So well, that's awesome. We yeah. can drink to drink to that right. too. Cheers to sixteen years of sixteen years after the military I, elopement. You're kind of the diamond in the rough. <laughs> That's not it. So then, how awesome. long? How long were y'all dual military? Uh, six years. He was in the military when um, when I was in. He was already in the military. So we got married, and then we got married at the beginning of July. And I ended up leaving for basic training j- July 13th. <laughs> Is that so why your really mom did. didn't want you to join the military? Oh, no. My mom didn't want me to join the military because I have no idea. She doesn't have reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know so I'm, did did they approve? Stay away from that boy, Ariel. He's oh, no. For you. No. They Well, honestly, like I said, we were friends in high school. And so they knew him before. And it's kind of funny because I've always been the jeans, t-shirt, drive a truck kind of girl. And my husband is the complete opposite. In high school, he was the trench coat wearing goth guy. Yes. (laughs) We were best friends. And so when I told him we were getting married, they didn't believe me. (laughs) I said, my parents, well, I told them I was getting married and they didn't believe me either. And then I went and got married and then there was silence for three months so <laughs> see I got the silence when I got tattoos so I mean <laughs> I had them before I left and yeah, they've just so, grown from Ariel what is it like after being active duty to be a mill spouse I have to say I almost cried the day that they took my cat card and gave me a dependent card It was super difficult Um, because I, in the military, I had a few problems with wives and it was because, you know, I'm a mechanic. There's not a whole lot of guys or females in our area. We have very few females. And a lot of the times the wives are thinking that just because I'm a female, I want to be with their husband. 
And it's like, I try to explain to them, your husband's disgusting. I don't want to work with them, much less be with them. Uh, Like, I know the details that you'll never know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I know that your husband had pee bottles under his bed for months. (laughs) Like, (laughs) is that too gross? Sorry. No, perfectly okay. No, I just... We are disgusted with you because we were in similar situations where we were, you know, the minority being female and we saw and dealt with a lot of things working. And like I deployed for eight months with mostly men. So you are exposed to a lot of the really unappealing parts of that gender that they normally keep from women. Well, I actually deployed with my husband both force. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, mean, I, I lived with my husband in Iraq for two years. Wow. Yeah. They let you huh. share a tent? Um, we were aviation. We had trailers. Oh. <laughs> hey, there we go. You joined the army the right way. Yes. <laughs> Well, they're like 10. No, we don't live that. You were living um, that Air Force standard. Pretty much. Pretty much. It was really nice. Um, our, t- our trailers had, they were split up into three rooms and uh, me and my husband shared one. So I can't complain about Iraq. No, no. That's an interesting, unique situation. Thing. Yeah. Are there any other co-military spouse yeah. couples there? There were a few of us. Oh, wow. That's not something that's cool. Though. That's cool. That is. Yeah. Cool. I, I got to admit, we were very fortunate that we were able to do that. And I, I don't take it for granted because I know a lot of people are going to be like, what the hell? Right. Oh, but, yeah. You're going to get uh, hate mail. I know. Right. <laughs> fine. We'll filter it for you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but people uh, are blessed. like, don't hate just because she got the hookup. Right. It she was nice. You and Air Force person. I said, you probably knew an Air Force person, and that's why that <laughs> No. <laughs> I know a few Air Force people now. Yeah, right? <laughs> All but, right. So what were your duty stations while you were in? <laughs> and then did you have a favorite one? I survived Fort Hood. Ooh. Um, that is like to surviving Fort Hood? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a little speechless on that one. I spent six years at Fort Hood. Oh, bless your heart. So I went to basic training in um, Fort Jackson. And then I did my AIT. I did it at Fort Eustis, Virginia. And which was a lot of fun. And then I came to Fort Hood. And then right after I got here, like immediately, they're like, all right, here you are. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to Iraq. And that's actually the first time I saw my husband after a year um, was in Iraq. Oh, wow. wow. That's so cool. It was like a honeymoon in a terrorist zone. (laughs) Yeah, it it was great. It was great. It's like, (laughs) we get fireworks, but they're mortars. (laughs) (laughs) So did they give y'all like a run, like, don't be going over there and getting pregnant. Because if you do, you're in trouble. Yeah, we actually have to sign papers saying that we won't get pregnant. And if we do, we would get in a lot of trouble. Right. It's a risk anyway. And they don't like, they real kids didn't come in your sea bag. That's yeah, exactly. part of the Navy. And so 
I didn't even think about that until you're saying that now with the honeymoon and stuff. And my husband and I were both in San Diego. We were both started, both started on boats. And so there wasn't, you can't get pregnant rule because I turned around and got pregnant, but that's a little bit different when you're stateside Mm -hmm. than in Iraq. Yeah. So if you got pregnant, you got in a lot of trouble. I believe it was an article 15. If you got pregnant, Uh, I'd imagine. So we were in the same brigade, different battalions. Um, My husband worked on different aircraft than I did. We had to go in front of our brigade commander and sign them in front of our brigade commander saying that we weren't going to get pregnant. We weren't going to act crazy, you know, (laughs) not stuff going on, not go outside of our room and go nee, 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 boo, boo. Look what I can do. Yeah. Right. You have the whole general. We're going to let you do this, but keep it low key and stay out of trouble. Pretty much. Pretty much. Not bad. So you must have followed the rules. Yeah, well, um, I ended up getting pregnant when we came home. Oh. And um, after my first tour. And then I had my son. And then when my son was six months old, uh, we deployed again. So So then where did your how sister did, while you were deployed? Yeah. My sister. Your sister? Mm-hmm. And how was that? How did that make you feel? Because, I mean, now you're first time new mom. Oh, my God. Are you my therapist? Uh, it sucked. <laughs> It sucked because I didn't, you know, I was, what was I? I was almost 21 when my son was born. So I had just turned 21. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then right after that, it's like, okay, here, here's my kid. I got to go play army again. And so. Did they give you an option with that or it it, was. The option was to deploy or get kicked out. And I'm always the kind of person where if I signed up to do something a certain amount of time, I'm going to do it for that amount of time. So I kind of felt obligated to stay in the military as long as I could. I'm surprised they deployed you both at the second time, though, having having a kid. I mean, I know I just said they don't care when you have kids, but that's such a unique circumstance that I'm surprised they did it again when they didn't necessarily have to. So our entire brigade went at the same time. It it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, just bits and pieces of people. Our entire brigade went lottie dottie. And so, I mean, it was just. Yeah. It was either go or get out. Pretty much. Guests being being stationed with your spouse, dual military, it has positives and then it has the negatives. It does. It does. But I mean, in the end. Because here's the thing, had my husband not been with me when I deployed, it probably would have sucked a lot more. Right. Uh, That definitely helped. I think that my son was in a safe place helped. So if if there's any, yeah, if there's anyone going through that situation, you know, make sure that your kid is with somebody that you trust because that will help your mindset so much. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So much for it. Yeah. Because I had to leave my son behind when I deployed too. So, it helps so much to know that there was someone that will take care of them the way that yeah and getting pictures and talking yeah. to them and you know and that that deployment was um 08 and so it was just then starting uh like we could skype the first deployment but it was like really sketchy really kind of the yeah. but so 08 was a lot better i could see him from time to time on video oh that's nice 
Yeah, that's quite on the ship. And so we would have to go like weeks, sometimes months without communicating with anyone from home. So. Oh, wow. No. Unless you were married to a CT. When, when my, he's my ex-husband now, but when he was, he deployed and he was a CT. And so I heard from him every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. (laughs) We still got divorced while he was gone. I I don't want to be together anymore, but I still got, I was lucky enough to be able to hear from him. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. I was quote unquote lucky enough to be able to hear from him every day. I hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> oh, let's be nice. Let's be nice. It's been a long time. Schwartz Davidson Law is a Texas-based veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. All right, Ariel, you have an exciting active duty story that you can tell us today. I don't know. I was pretty boring in in the military. I can tell you a funny story. And I know you're tired of hearing about the husband, but he had a friend who um, had somebody send him Listerine bottles. Nice. And it was, yeah. So it was bottom of the barrel, the worst crap you can get. Oh, Oh, man. So you couldn't even spring for mid-range? No, no. Bottom of the barrel. I mean, like. Like the Listerine costs more than the product inside the bottle. Probably. Probably. I mean, the Listerine probably gave it, it probably boosted it a little bit. (laughs) So do do you guys remember the really, really tall water bottles? Okay. So they had really, really tall water bottles that they set outside in the sun for weeks. And then you just went and grabbed them and brought them to your room. It's great for you. It's great. And my husband, I feel like I got like cancer or something just hearing oh, about that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. So my husband filled one of our bottles up <laughs> and he threw it in our freezer because we had one of those little mini fridge that the freezer and the fridge were like so close. You could barely even tell which one was which. I worked morning shift. My husband worked nights. And so we didn't see each other much. And so the first thing I did was grab a bottle of water in the morning and I take a nice big swig of this thing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that'll wake you up. That was the most disgusting thing I have ever That's done. Special Listerine. Yes. But it was in, he poured it in the water bottle. So I didn't even know it was in a Listerine bottle. Yeah. I just knew that, that was the, it tastes like straight shit. I'm okay. pretty sure straight <laughs> shit would probably say. No. That's um, cool. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least 
How did the rest PSA, of your day go? Real quick, PSA for anyone hooking up a soldier with some Listerine. Spring for the midline shelf at least. Like, at least. At least. Don't yeah. be a bad shipmate or battle buddy. Like, <laughs> do it properly. It was so bad. Oh, man. Like, I'm sure if, if I have any type of PTSD, it's from that day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't even. Oof. It no. was bad. It was really bad. Um, no, I I really am a pretty boring person. I just, I do my job. I had a, like I said, I had a lot of army wives that were kind of crazy. I had a, I had a soldier tell me he was, he was an E4 with me. And he asked me to go outside when his wife called because he didn't want her hearing me in the background. Oh my God. <laughs> I told him where to F off. <laughs> You're like, nope. Yeah. I am not catering to your domestic situation. Yeah. She was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Like, but if you need directions to the legal office, I can yeah, or you can take your ass outside. There's that, right? Yeah, yeah, you could you can remove yourself. Yeah. So, my second tour, I had surgery, and I came home, came back, and I ended up going back with like almost the hole in my foot. I was still wrapping my foot, so I ended up being a driver. I was really boring. When you when you came back from my, you had surgery in Iraq or before. So I was in Iraq, I came home, I had surgery and I came back like a month and a half, two months later. And I still had to, I'm surprised they didn't just keep you here. It's the army. You got to go back. You got to go back. Or just send you to Germany to do your surgery. No, Um, I went to Germany. I was actually in Germany for two weeks and, um, it, they thought that my foot was really kind of crazy and um, they found a doctor here at Fort hood that would help out and do the surgery. So they sent me home and then sent me right back. (laughs) You're like, your time is not done. Pretty much. I ended up getting med boarded out for my foot in the end anyway. So yeah. After you finished your tour. Yes. After Iraq (laughs) had to go back. Of course. Of course. All right. So as you just said, you were med boarded for an injury that you had. And like so many veterans, we all have to give up everything we've known in the military to get out and become a veteran. How was your transition from active duty to veteran status? I'm telling you, I was, it was probably, I was scared. I'm telling you that, like I said before, when they took my cat card and they gave me a dependent card was probably like one of my worst days. I hated it. I felt ashamed. Honestly, I felt like I wasn't doing anything, but I had to get past that. I finally wanted to finish school. So I had that going. And did you go back to school on your GI Bill? I did. I did. I actually got half of a bachelor's um, on tuition assistance. And yep. And I finished the rest of my bachelor's on tuition assist or on my GI bill. And then I went back and got a master in my GI. Congratulations for getting a master's degree. And let's cheers to the GI bill and the master's. Yes. Good for you. I used it. Good for you. And what did you get your master's degree in? Public administration. Okay. 
Yeah. I have a bachelor's in uh, paralegal studies and I have a master's in public administration. So I am boring. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I um, actually accidentally became a paralegal for about a year and a half. And (laughs) that lawyers are assholes. Like that is not a boring job. Yeah, You could say that. Like they are, they are not fun people to work for. And I think they only kept me around so long because I was a veteran. And so I would talk back to them and they weren't used to that. And they kind of enjoyed it, I think secretly. And so I, I actually enjoy it because you, you can, and a lot of them are incredibly intelligent and you can have conversations with them and they'll actually debate you back. So that's the thing that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. They were super fun to work for complete assholes, but so much fun. Absolutely. I'm like a paralegal is not a boring job. Like it sounds boring (laughs) and some people might think it is, but if you do it right, it is not a boring job. Do you think that your husband staying in and still active duty kind of softened the transition a little bit as far as you knew you were still going to be covered with, you still had medical coverage, like with TRICARE, you still had a guaranteed Mm -hmm. income coming in, even if you weren't going to go work right away or couldn't find a job right away. So you still had some of the benefits from the military because he's still in. So I have, I, uh, I'm on the fence with that because like on one side I had, yes, there is the fact that I, I do have that safety net underneath me where if I can't find work, I'm not going to be completely in the hole. But on the other side of it, it's when I got out of the military, I'll be honest with you. I kind of just wanted some type of separation because I needed in my head because I got medically chaptered. And so I'm like, I really didn't want to get out. So it was, it was more along the lines of, I need to put something between me to, to kind of like separate my brain from being like, okay, you're not in the military anymore. Right. Yeah. And so, um, matter of fact, since I've gotten out, my husband's PCS and to (laughs) do apparently the army wants us to stay in Texas. He PCS to El Paso. And then back to Fort Hood. (laughs) And then when he went, he actually just went to Louisiana a few years ago. I actually stayed in this area so I can still work my job. Okay. Because that's that's one of the things that I'm really big into. Like I want to, I want a sense of accomplishment as well. Like I'm, I'm very proud of my husband for his, for what he does. But at my time, at the same time, I want to feel accomplished. And that's what I would say to any vet find something that makes you feel accomplished and just work through it. Well, shit, you got your master. I mean, (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest things to be able to get other than your doctor, but you got to write all those thesis and are you going to go get your doctorate? I want to, but I ran out of GI. (laughs) (laughs) There's like all kinds of grants and stuff, aren't there? Yeah, but well, there is, but you have to, uh, yeah, like if I said, you had your home of record in Texas, no. like, as soon as you got here, I mean, there's even more benefits they could get because Texas is super good to their veterans. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. You um, Florida is not so much. <laughs> yeah. You could they just don't expect anyone in Florida to get a master. Right. <laughs> oh man, man. All right. So. How are you doing 
now, especially because you're basically living, are you living separated from your husband? I am. My husband's actually overseas right now. Okay. So how are you doing now as a dependent doing your own thing while your husband is still active duty? Um, well, he was in, um, a different, he was over at Fort Polk for almost four years. Um, and now he's overseas doing his own thing. We're very much together. It's just, unfortunately life right now says that we need to do different things, be in different places. It sucks. It's, it's not for everyone because I I know a lot of people can't do it. It's really hard. Um, but it works for us, you know what I mean? And I think like everything, you have to do what's best for you. Absolutely. And so it works for us. How are you doing personally? Personally, I'm good. Um, I, I work with a group online on Facebook, actually. It's like an IGY6 group. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, we stay in touch with each other. We see how each other are doing. Um, there for a while we were, um, doing every week we did a video on things to make you better, like how to do a resume, how to do a cover letter, what you should do during an interview. We did things like that. And that was actually started by me and a girl, uh, me and a few of the girls that I went to AIT with, you know? And so we've been doing that for a few years. So personally, that makes me feel like I'm doing something. That's awesome. That is awesome. Especially because the military doesn't give you that when you're getting out. Mm-mm. Yeah. So to be able to provide that as a veteran and it's to other veterans or is it to anybody? Um, it's mostly it's for veterans, but it's also like if you if we have a veteran and you want to bring your spouse in, you can bring your spouse in. But it's mostly for veterans. And it's kind of just like it's it's not one of those groups that are how do I get a hundred percent? How do like, can I, can I give my GoFundMe? It's, I need somebody to talk to. Who can I talk to? And that's awesome. That is awesome. So that's yep. more along with what it is. And there's me a few and- of those groups out there, like in Facebook land. And those are some of my yeah. favorite groups, like the ones that are like, how do I only get a hundred percent? And like, those things are important too, but like, that's not, helpful to me and my mental health journey. So yeah, I definitely appreciate the groups like yours that are more like, let me build a connection with other veterans. And then I have someone to talk to when I need to. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was one of the things that we have, um, me and my, my best friend, she was my roommate. She, she, she slept underneath me in AIT. Her name is Amber as well. Yeah. I'm a fan. And <laughs> got a bunch of A's um, going on today. Like it's a good, it's a good way. So her and I have stayed with it. And then we have a few other people that are help run it. And it, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's the greatest thing that I've had since I've been out because it's helping other people. And yeah, that makes me happy the purpose. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you had advice for any fellow veterans, what advice would that be? Go to school. If you don't want to go to school, go to a tech school, learn a trade, do something. Don't sit on your butt all day because even if you're a hundred percent, you have to do something. Sitting at home is only going to make your brain stop 
and it's going to make your body not work anymore. So if you're having pain doing things, sitting there doing nothing is only going to make it worse. So do something. That would be my thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a perfect simple. Point. That is so army right there. Love it. Yes. Love it. All right. So if our listeners were curious as to hear more about your story, maybe the med board process from the army, if they just needed someone to talk to, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on TikTok. Perfect. So and we'll put those and you just look under Ariel Myrtle. Perfect. Find me. All right. We will put those into the show notes. So if anyone would like to continue this conversation or you just need someone to reach out and talk to that you feel is in a similar situation to what Ariel has gone through, reach out and give her a shout. Say hello. Absolutely. Scale Executive Search is a veteran owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. All right, Amber, charity and merch. Charity and merch. Okay. On top of our continuous support for the Tilvahala project and what they're doing for mental health awareness and PTSD and veterans, Amanda's sporting a TVP shirt as we speak. We have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is an organization that takes veterans hunting and fishing across the entire country. It was founded by veterans, and they'll set you up on a trip no matter where you are in the country. If you go to their website, they you can put in your information. And like I said, that's all over the country, and you don't need anything other than a DD-214. So you can go fishing or hunting wherever you're at, if that's what you want to do and connect with other veterans. And in order for us to support Tilvahala Project and the Fallen Outdoors, we have a merch store that Amanda will put the link in the show notes. And on our merch store, there are veterans drinking vodka, hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, masks and coffee cups we also have koozies and stickers if you reach out directly to amanda or myself and how can they find us amanda well if you are interested in either a koozie or a really awesome sticker or if you would just like to contact amber or myself for any reason at all we can be found on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at veterans drinking vodka or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. And like Amanda said, not only do you need to reach out to us if you want a koozie or a sticker, but if you are interested in telling your story and being a guest on our podcast, or you need somebody to talk to or somebody to listen, just send us an email or a direct message on any of the social media platforms. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. Also, leave us a review and let you leave us a review and let us know what you think. Your reviews help with the podcast algorithms to keep our podcast up in the rankings so that more veterans can hear us and our guests and get their stories out there so that we can continue to help more veterans. If you are ever interested in exclusive uncut video footage of our podcast and the behind the scenes mess that is 
how we start, you can find us on YouTube at Veterans Drinking Vodka. And if you like the uncut footage, then join us on Sundays for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start that every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. We do have to put the disclaimer out there that it is an unscripted live networking event. And we do invite civilian, active duty, military, and of course, veterans. And when you put a bunch of veterans in a live scenario, it is out of control at times, but always fun. So enter at your own risk. Yes. And the reason why Amanda and I started this podcast was not only to share veteran stories and reach out to y'all, but to bring about mental health awareness and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans Drinking Vodka. Cheers. Cheers.